Bring your microphone around a little more. Can I? Let's see. That, that bing, 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 bing. There we go. Yeah. Thanks. Good stuff. Okay, I'll try to sit perfectly still <laughs> for the remainder of this episode. We are twenty-one seconds in, and I mm-hmm. and I can't move again until we're. You're done. already being admonished. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, well, I think that's like how you clear your throat. Admonishing me. That, that's <clears> how you <throat> get started. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready to roll now? Yes, I'm good. How are you going to feel when we're done recording this episode? Are you going to feel a sense of accomplishment? No. Not at all? I'll feel more anxious and aggravated. I I don't understand. I know you don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. It's because you do not have a... Uh, I'll, let's just call it a differently formed DRD2A1 allele. Sure. Brain. <laughs> Brain <laughs> genetics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ad- adult ADHD. Well, not a, not just adult, but ADHD in general. We're going to talk about adult ADHD mm-hmm. and today. Uh, yep. Something I uh, know quite a lot about, and there are actually entire podcasts on, on the said topic, so we're not going to break any new ground here today, but mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. Yeah. I think it's important to start with what ADHD is because the the general the general definition of ADHD or the general understanding of it that's out there for us non-ADHD people is hyperactive seven-year-old boy wrong I, I, I know it's wrong <laughs> yeah it's absolutely wrong and that's it's unfortunately named because they're frankly people certainly adults with ADHD and, and many children don't have a deficit of attention mm-hmm. they have a hyper surplus of attention Yep, and they have too much attention because that's how they get their dopamine release is by hyper focusing on certain things. It all comes back to the basically three uh, neurotransmitters, brain chemicals, dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine and the brain's ability to both produce and uptake those chemicals. They're all about your uh, reward circuitry in your brain. So if you do something that you're supposed to do or that your body wants you to do or that's going to keep you alive, you get a little taste, right? They're like, oh, that's good. That's nice. You There's a certain food that you like, right? It releases, it releases dopamine and serotonin. You're like, oh, that's nice. You have uh, huge amounts of serotonin released in during periods where that people describe as falling in love. So this is all very physiological and chem- chemistry based. People with ADHD have an issue, a one or, or multiple alleles, as we would call them, on your genes that, how do I say this? They, I'm thinking here, just give me a second. Um,
and this is a good example of ADHD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my brain is going totally on a tangent right now. Um, okay, come on, James. And I also didn't take my meds yet, so this is no. not helping. Some people have a lack of, let's say, receptors in their brain that like dopamine and serotonin, these, these, these pleasure feel good chemicals can trigger. So when that happens, it doesn't matter really how much dopamine your body's pumping out for certain things. There's just not enough sensors there to pick up on the signal, right? Mm -hmm. That is not ADHD. That's a totally different thing. What, what people with ADHD have is typically their brains, their receptors are super extra awesome at scavenging the stuff up. So it doesn't stay in your system very long. So it's released, the dopamine's released during an event and your body immediately takes it up because like you're, you either have more receptors than somebody else that doesn't have this uh, difference in their genetic structure or they're hyperactive, hyperactivity, right? People with ADHD find ways to get that sweet, sweet hit of brain candy of that, that dopamine hit and they will do something what we call hyper-focusing where they get well hooked on something and it could be work. It could be music. It could be all sorts of different things where it's like, that's all they seem to want to do, even to the point where they will, they will not eat. They will not bathe. They will not sleep. It's all about being in this zone that's generating so much dopamine that you're what, what we in the parlance in the industry call stimming or self-stimulating um, because you're getting it's, – it's akin to a runner's high, right, I've, which I've never experienced before. Yep. Uh, those people are insane. They have more <laughs> defective genes than me. But – that's this whole concept, right? Mm -hmm. And and because it's about the brain's ability to take up these chemicals, that's what drives a lot of the outward, uh, let's call them symptoms, of adult or ADHD period. And in adulthood, it takes on a, a, a rather insidious modality because the to your point, Greg, the concept of a hyperactive seven-year-old, the, the symptoms and outward, the, yeah, the symptoms of it as a child are oftentimes more socially acceptable than they are when they're, when you're an adult. Yep. And my, so my daughter is diagnosed with it. She takes meds for it. And for her and for a lot of girls in particular, it manifests as Oh, your, your, your child is so good in class, they're always paying attention. No, they're not. They're staring into space. They're right. just not running around in a circle yelling and climbing on desks. Right. But their brain is in hyperactive mode, and they are distracted. What looks like focus on the topic at hand is hyper-focus on something else. They are The attention deficit is very, very real because the, the attention obsession is elsewhere. Right. Um, and I know, my, I mean, my daughter's working on uh, on her Girl Scout stuff right now, and she, for her big project that you do as a Girl Scout, she wants to do something on awareness of ADHD in young girls. Mm -hmm. Because it is, uh, it, 
as I said, it's mistaken for good behavior. Yeah, it's it is internalized. I I was looking here. There's a couple of um of channels I follow on Instagram specifically around for ADHD in adulthood, and one of them, she has another channel that's for teens and young women, uh, where she talks about this and how we know we. You have these. You have these issues, right? I have these issues. It, even in school, when I was in school, I didn't know this, right? I was not diagnosed until I was forty-seven. Mm-hmm. And once it, I was diagnosed, I a whole just my entire history started to make sense to me. And when I was in school, uh, young, uh, elementary school, but specifically high school, was awful for me. Just awful uh, because I was for whatever reason on the outside, it was exactly the way you said it. I, I hid all of this stuff, the turmoil that was going on on the inside of my brain, you know, inside my, my inner life, nobody could see. Mm -hmm. And so you start to become somebody different and you, you, you put on what we call a mask. So it's called, it's a technique called masking and it will absolutely destroy your life because you don't there, there, you mask so much of who you really are that you come to a point, you don't know who you are anymore. Like, who are you really? And that's what hit me. It's like, I don't know who I am, what I want. Who is this person that really has the person that I was, was like 90% mask (laughs) at that point. You're like, well, where's, where's the rest of James? Where is, what is it that he wants? And you don't even know anymore. Uh, it's all around masking this stuff and internalizing it because it's, at least in our society, not socially acceptable. Right. So, so is that is that the difference between how you act in public versus private, or is it is the mask a ninety nine percent when you act that way even when you're alone with the mask on, but you know something's off? For me, it started as a mask an external mask for social situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember people, I mean, my grades were awful in high school, just awful. But people that didn't know what my grades were thought I was like a Dean's list kind of student. And I remember this one girl seeing a grade on my test in one class. She was sitting next to me and she goes, you got a D. I thought you were smart. Uh, it was, it was just awful except for a couple of, topics because I found them interesting. Now, this is, this is something that I didn't realize until later, um, that ADHD actually has a superpower side, uh, that I've, I've learned to, to harness mostly for good. Mostly for good. Uh, yeah. I can't say I haven't used it for manipulative purposes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course. but yeah, but yeah, so you build this mask that people, for people to accept you, because if they were to be around the real you, it's probably not going to be a pleasant experience for them. Not like, you know, you're running around spitting on people and farting all the time or things like that. That's not what I'm talking about. Or, you know, it's not Tourette's syndrome. It's things that are very disjointed where your brain is constantly moving from one thing to another. And people oftentimes can't keep up. Or if you, if your brain, if you're not interested in it, the hell with it. 
right? I got no time for that because it doesn't, it doesn't quote interest me. And what we mean by interest me is my brain has so, or had so little ability to hold on to that dopamine. It would just scavenge it up as soon as it was, it was released. And when you're talking about interest in me, we're not talking about stuff like my comments about I don't care how my car works. You're talking about things like getting up and going to work isn't interesting to me at the moment, so I'm not doing it. You know, Correct. eating is not interesting to me at the moment, so I'm I'm gonna not eat. You're talking about things that are actually serious that need to happen. Exactly, that's exactly right. And you will oftentimes fixate on those things that quote interest you that that cause you this hyper focus because hyper focus is releasing dopamine and has given you the sweet hit of brain candy and you'll just keep doing it. You'll just keep doing it. You'll just keep doing it. Like if you were this myth for those of you out here that do get that runner's high or whatever they call it. Um, and the effort that you have to express like physical effort to express, to get that hit. Now imagine if you didn't have to do that, all that physical work and you could just sit there and hit a button. And you could just keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. That's what hyper-focus does. You get this massive release of dopamine that floods your system. And it's finally enough dopamine that it overwhelms or it gets to a level where your hyperactive receptors are finally full. <laughs> and you're getting this feel-good feeling, right? And so that's what drives you. But in order to get to that point, in order to get that sweet taste you really have to block out absolutely everything else. And then once you've had that taste, nothing else becomes important. So you could li literally end up running down hyper-focus periods days at a time. And I did this when I was an undergrad. I would not eat for three days hmm. because I, I was hyper-focused. And, and then, and of course, I mean, there are meds to counteract this so you don't go down that path. Well, it's it's a combination of meds and 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 therapy. What really helped me, I mean, medication dramatically improved my quality of life. I didn't know it could be quiet in my head until I was 47. Like I could actually be at peace because my brain's always moving, always going. I'll talk that that leads into the superpower thing. But it's like that, yeah, you may have a superpower, but you also have a super curse. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because, yeah, you will, and my wife will attest to this, and even some of my intimate friends that know me uh, and have seen this happen to me. Um, I will get hooked on something, and I'll, I'll, we'll say he's gone down a rabbit hole. You will start doing shit that just doesn't make sense to them. It's like, who is this person? You're, it's a totally, it's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, right? And that's where the masking comes in because you want to hide that. You want to, you need to do the hyper-focus, but you have to hide who you become when that happens. And that mask eventually takes over your whole life. Which means to some degree, some part of you understands that it's not right. Absolutely. At, completely. And that's where the self-talk comes in because usually ADHD presents itself with a comorbidity, which means it's usually along, it comes along with another mental health issue like depression or uh, bipolar disorder. Mine happens to be 
obsessive compulsive disorder. Those are usually developed as comorbidities as a way or due to your inability to cope with your current situation. So for, for me, the, my inability to deal with my hyper-focus and my, the rest of my life that's going on, making sure that I wasn't falling down on everything else that was around me while I was hyper-focusing resulted in me developing obsessive compulsive disorder for checking things. Mm-hmm. Is it done? Is it done? Is it okay to do this, to do this, to do this to the point where now it's, it's a legit medical issue <laughs> where if not treated as part of the overall plan that I will do some crazy shit uh, in order to make sure that to, to feed the, the, the compulsion. Um, so it's, uh, it's particularly awful, which is why, you know, it, four to 5% of the population uh, we believe falls into this category of ADHD and comorbidity. And within that population, the suicide rate is astronomical. Did, did you say four to five or 45? Four to five. Okay. Just want to be yeah. clear on that. Four to five okay. percent. Mm-hmm. And people, this, they, the suicide rate's super high because especially in the cases where you're, you have comor- comorbidities that you run out of coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. You don't, yeah, you don't see a way out. Sure. You just want it to stop. Um, it's, it's awful. And I, for the longest time thought that everybody was that way. Right. Cause all I kept hearing like as a child was suck it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Or why, why are you doing this? Or it's not that bad or all these sorts of things. Yes. Right? Stop being weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you, you just mask because, Oh, well, I guess everybody goes through this and we're not supposed to. So I guess everybody's doing this in their head anyway. So I guess I'm okay. Yeah. You'll no, outgrow it. Yeah. There's something, something is wrong. Uh, so that's, that's why I didn't, didn't really have a diagnosis until I was, uh, in my adulthood, but I developed a superpower. And oftentimes, like if you, if anyone in your life has ADHD or you yourself and you'll read oftentimes about how some therapists will say, Hey, ADHD can be a superpower. It can. If you know how to harness hyperfocus, uh, it's amazing. Not not from a dopamine hit, which is also very nice. What you can get done is absolutely incredible. And the studies that have been done around hyperfocus and folks with this particular genetic uh, allele mutation seem to have an ability to process large amounts of complex information very, very quickly, but they can't communicate why or how the outcome. And that's exactly what I struggle with that, that when I read that, I'm just like a light bulb went off. So I'm like, Oh my God, that's me. Which is why I get so impatient with everybody else around me because they haven't, it's like, why can't you keep up? The answer is so simple. No, it isn't actually. Other people need to go through different paths to come to the same conclusion. I just happen to not follow the path, let's say. I just cut a straight line. (laughs) But I can't explain to people very clearly what my conclusions are because 
I can, I see the complexity in my head as a, as a legitimate three-dimensional object. And I can, I can, whatever the system is, I can look at it, I can turn it around, flip it in all different directions and I can find stuff. And it's the same reason why I, some people call it a mind palace. You ever hear that terminology? No. Where this is how people like, Hey, you want to be a, you want to have hyper memory and never forget anything. You know, use this mind palace technique where in your head, the way you think about things and store information is in a imaginary visual fashion where you're in a palace and you know how to get to every room and you're going to take this thing that you want to remember and store it in this room so that you don't have to keep it in your short-term memory. You can keep it in your long-term memory. Now all you have to do is remember how to get to the room as a memory technique. Um, I never knew what the hell that was, but I was like, holy shit, that's exactly how my brain works. Like hmm. to the point where like in college, I didn't take notes. I couldn't take notes because it would distract me from what was being said. And so I would just sit there and I would hyper-focus for that lecture to the point where like I would get tunnel vision, li literally tunnel vision on like the instructor. And it was like words are just like dumping into my brain and they're going into a place. Except for a few, a few classes where I, I had to crack a book open and actually do some, do some, traditional studying <laughs> <laughs> didn't have a note didn't have any notes because it's just like dumped into my brain it's like downloaded right but i couldn't it's not like i was memorizing it i couldn't communicate it back to you so that made it particularly difficult for me to take tests the best tests the best test format for me was essay because i could pull that information out as a story and not as a particular point of fact. Okay. And once I learned how to do this, I mean, even in undergrad, I would seek out classes that had essay formats because it would allow me to, I knew it. I knew all of this stuff, but it was a format that allowed me to actually get it out of my brain. It's very strange. It, it, it is very, it is very strange. <laughs> it is very strange. And, and I know we've talked about with the hyper-focus, there's this, there's the, the after effect of that. There's the crash. Uh, that I'm uh, got this morning. Cause I purposefully stimmed yesterday and, and I knew it was going to be bad and it was bad. <laughs> and there are certain things that, that I can do when I need a sweet dopamine hit and I'm having low dopamine days. Um, and one of those things is certain kinds of music. Mm -hmm. And it's typically for me, it's vocal only. Vocals, um, opera, and like acapella type stuff. And it's, a, it's an auditory thing. And it will, it will, it's like tickles that exact right part of my brain. And I will just draw in again that, that hyper focus, that tunnel vision. And just suck that down. And I can literally just feel the dopamine in my system and I'll even get like goosebumps and all kinds of stuff like that. But this will go on for hours. You're like, I'm just going to do it once. And then six hours later, you're still doing it. And then you feel like you got hit by a truck. <laughs> I call it a dopamine hangover and it, it's a legit thing. And I, I have a hard time conceptualizing of it. Mm -hmm. I, 
I would I would expect so. Yeah, I mean, I know all about. I, I certainly get stress headaches, and I get I get post stress headaches. So if I've had a big event or something huge, a couple of days of a lot of stress, when I come down from it, when when the task is accomplished, I will have a day where I'm I'm exhausted. I, my body my body allows itself to come down, and I'll get a killer headache. I'll be tired. Um, the adrenaline's gone. I think that's that's more of a I don't want to use the word normal. That's more of a typical reaction, mm-hmm. um, more of a neurotypical reaction. But Correct. you're talking about something a lot more severe than that. Absolutely. That's why we call. You'll hear folks describe themselves as neurodivergent, mm-hmm. and that is to differentiate themselves from the neurotypical because there is a typical pathology here, right? Sure. There's, there's a typical genetic structure, a typical brain chemistry and physiology, and then there's those that fall outside of that, they are divergent from the norm. Uh, one of the big issues that I'm seeing certainly today, like in our society today, is people's over-eagerness to label themselves as a way to identify or for inclusion. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see neurodivergent all over the place. It's like, why is everybody suddenly neurodivergent? Or why is suddenly everyone, quote, on the spectrum? Uh, they're not. <laughs> no, no, they're not. And I have a, I have a friend who's a psychologist, uh, and he, I, maybe a year or two ago, I had a conversation with him about the fact that he's seen in his career trends, for lack of a better term. You know, there was a while where everyone was ADHD, and there was a time when everyone was bipolar was a thing, and and it's not like the predisposition of these things has changed over time. It's the way people self-diagnose and want to feel like they're part of that group has changed over time. Yeah, you don't di- you don't diagnose yourself with ADHD by taking an online no <laughs> quiz that you found on Facebook. I mean, you can. <laughs> I, well, I mean the the amount of cognitive testing that I had to go through in order to get a diagnosis was I mean ridiculous. It was seven or eight tests. And I mean, these tests were, these are cognitive, right? So they're, mm-hmm. they're like on the computer, but they were dozens of pages long. I mean, I bet I spent six hours. Yeah, I, I, do, I'm pretty sure my daughter had the same. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out, okay, what is the likelihood that you have this? Because we can't really diagnose it any other way other than through this collection of traits and how you act. And, and then we have to set up these tests such that they can, like, they like trick you. Okay. Ask the same question in different ways mm-hmm. and see how you respond to know whether or not you're quote, quote faking it or not. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's pretty insidious, but it, it works really well. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it's, it's very important from a medication standpoint because the medications for, you know, quote unquote ADHD are so different. What, what's fascinating to me is that uh, the, the one my daughter takes, it's an act, it's a stimulant. And you'd think if you've got ADHD and you're already hyper-focused, a stimulant, when you, and again, you think about the seven-year-old boy running around in circles, for the Lord of, for, for all that's holy, give the kid Benadryl, not a stimulant, but, but the stimulant, wor- yeah, the stimulant works. It, it creates focus where there was um, scatter. Right. There, the brain isn't, it's so, so that kind of hyperactivity, impulsive, impulsivity is one of three types of ADHD. Mm-hmm. The other one is inattentive ADHD, and then you can have a combination, yep. uh, but not usually. Uh, so it means like 
Well, you'll have a combination, but not like 50-50. It'll be like you're mostly hyperactive or impulsive with a little bit of inattentive. Um, I'm mostly inattentive with a dash of impulsivity, um, which is not great. Uh, I can tell you. <laughs> None of them are great, but uh, that means you're oftentimes prone to things like substance abuse and things that will you'll chase the next high sort of thing. Sure. And it could be through drugs. It could be through risky behavior. It could be through lots of things. But the, the back to your comment about the, about medication it's in testing. It's absolutely critical because these, these chemicals, uh, these medications fuck with your brain chemistry, like big time. And if you did not have, you know, let's say a dopamine or a serotonin uptake issue, and you took these drugs, you could kill yourself. I mean, and not like from an overdose through suicide, it will absolutely mess with your brain. And so a lot of these times, like <laughs> on TV, you hear all these, when they're trying to sell you drugs that you don't need, mm -hmm. um, then they give you all these side effects and whatnot. It's like, yeah, and has increased risk of suicide in teens and adolescents and blah, 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 blah. Um, not necessarily from a physiological issue but because of a misdiagnosis hmm. and it's it's legit it just takes milligrams to be off one side or the other to put you in a very bad place sure but it completely changed my life those meds absolutely changed my life and i can only imagine what my how different my life would have been had i started in my 20s mm -hmm. And of course, then that's also as as we age and as our body chemistry naturally changes, that's constantly got to be readjusted. Absolutely, I've I've had uh, two two different chemistries because your brain gets accustomed to one, and you got to tweak it a little bit. And sometimes you tweak it through concentration. Sometimes you tweak it through completely different chemistry, and that goes in line with the comorbidity OCD that I have. Some people have depression. Some people, like I said, some people have uh, bipolar. So they're, they're taking meds to also work with that. So all this stuff works in combination. It's not a self self diagnostic and self uh, pharmaceutical sort of scenario. Uh, some people try it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and they, they're usually going down the impulsive route and they've got a substance abuse problem to, to medicate, to deal with a lot of these things or to, to cope with them, I should say. But yeah, it's, it's a bitch. Oh, oh yeah. And there's a reason this, that these are controlled substances. I know when, when, when we started my daughter on the ADHD stuff, the, the doctor told me, you have to hand these to her once a day. Uh, you know, you, you, she is not allowed to take, now it's ridiculous. The jar sits there. She takes them once a day. To your point, you, you can't decide as a patient, I'm going to take two. <laughs> nope. Because I, cause I need to be extra focused today. That's not how this shit works. And the thing with all, with all mental health medications is that the way you know they're working is if you think that you don't need them anymore. Mm. So by the time you get to the point where you're like, I don't need these. I'm, everything's totally cool. It's working. <laughs> don't, don't stop for the love of God, for everyone around you. Don't stop. Mm -hmm. Wear your floaties. <laughs> yep. Who's, who's off his meds? He's <laughs> off his meds. I mean, last weekend I, was it Sunday? Yeah. Sunday. I, inattentive ADHD, um, 
we recorded. That's what it was, wasn't it? Wasn't it a Sunday? Yeah, it was Sunday. That's not usually. We usually do it on Saturdays. And so just that little bit threw off my routine. I forgot to take my ADHD med. Oh, did you? Yeah. And that whole day, it was like, Mr. Uh, who is Mr. Hyperactive? And why can't he like sit still and why is nothing satisfying him? It was, it was like night and day hmm. and my poor wife, I'm like, what are we going to do? Let's go do something. I'm bored. What are we going to, you know? And it's like, who is this guy? Did, did, did she not know enough to say, Hey, did you forget your meds today? Oh no. She, that's exactly what she said. Okay. I'm like, yes. <laughs> She's like, well, why don't you go take it? <laughs> like, well, because if I take it now at two 30 in the afternoon, I'm not going to sleep for a week. Oh so, yeah. There's that. Now I just got to be put in a dark room and tied up and, you know. <laughs> for the sake of everyone else. For the sake of everyone else. And leave oh, me leave me to my superpowers. I want to come back to the the music thing a little bit. Okay. okay. Because I, I find, as a music person, I mean, that that is my, my happy place. Uh-huh. And I very rarely have a time when I'm not listening to music. Just always, I use music as a as a cure, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it boggles my mind how it affects you. I don't listen to music. I can't. I listen to audiobooks or I'll listen to talk radio. I was a musician too. Yeah, and I I can't anymore. It just over it just overstimulates you. Overstimulating. God, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but. You can't moderate, right? That's that impulsive part of this. You get a hit, and that's all you want. And you want some more, and then you want some more, and then you want some more. And pretty soon, you've burned yourself out, and you're going to crash, and now you can't really do anything but lay in bed. Hmm. Yeah. I When I'm having a good day, I need music. When I'm having a bad day, I need music. It It regulates me. Yeah. And I believe it. And I believe that's what's supposed to happen. I don't have that. And it's triggers for other people where they just like, they know they can't do that thing. Yeah. Right. They, they, because it's going to be bad every now and again, you give yourself just a little taste and it all goes to hell. (laughs) (laughs) That's why one of the primary reasons we don't go to concerts anymore, but also because it, they need to start at five in the afternoon and not nine. Well, there, but, there's that's funny. It, it's true. We've started going to concerts again this summer. Mostly, my daughter and I were actually next week. We're going to see the Counting Crows. Um, but she is totally into it, and she's the one with the ADHD. It, it's interesting. I mentioned this to her yesterday as well about you with the music, and for, she's the same as me. It's a it's a focusing mechanism, right. Uh, but I agree with you about them starting way too late. <laughs> it's a focusing mechanism. And right now, it may be just enough of a mechanism to give her enough focus to get a good hit. And then it's not going to be enough. And so you you need to keep a, a close eye on whether, whether that focus becomes hyper-focus. Mm-hmm. Because that's where the issues start. Interesting. I just, I, I'm having a hard time conceptualizing of it. Most people do. That's why I've, I've started, um, designing a series of art pieces for, I used to, I started off 
my college career in art school, um, started a series of, of sculpture pieces that to visually depict what it feels like. Hmm. And I'm excited to get started on those. Yeah, once you've got them, we should put them on the website. Unless they're something for you. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just a way to try and explain. Remember I talked about not being able to communicate yeah. in words what this chaotic system feels like. And I told myself, well, why use words? Use another medium. Huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. Why not? <laughs> why not? And, so, and, yeah. Yeah. That brings me back to music, but I'll, I'll stop belaboring the point. It's just something, uh, it's, it's, I find it fascinating. I find it, because I know I get a hit from it. The fact that you get too much of one, I, uh, yeah, yeah. There's only so many ways I can say I, I can't wrap my arms around it, but, but I believe you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying really, really hard to, to, you know, empathize, um, empathize, sympathize. We've talked about those before and the, the mm -hmm. Well, I could tell you that it's taken me a lot of therapy and a lot of years to get to the point. And I say this with out of all respect and love. I don't care if you believe me or not. Well, of course, because for a, for most of my life, I did care. And what what I was told was, "There's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Stop it!" Right? And so it was. There was no care because there was no like physical outward symptoms. Uh, well, actually there were, but to your point, stop being hyperactive. I, I believe you, but for, for lack of ability to, to put myself in your shoes, my, my gut response and the response you got from adults all throughout your youth was no, just, just, just move ahead. Just don't mm -hmm. worry about that <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that's Why what can't you pay attention. Yeah. Cause that's what you say to people when you don't, when you don't understand what they're feeling. Yep. Well, that's... Well, I could go on for days and oh. days and days on this topic, and we already have. This is way long. Yes. Yes, it is. But I don't know if people find it interesting or they have these issues themselves and they want to talk more about it or talk about specific aspects. I'm happy to provide what insight I can, but, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a bitch. Oh. 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 Oh.